Well, what is up, church? I told you that I would have someone much more beautiful than me sitting next to me this week. It is my wife, Emily, and I am super excited to share the stage with her today. So last week we started a, a relationship series on a healthy relationships, and and I just wanted to recap a little bit of last week. See, God created us with a purpose, and that purpose was to have to thrive and increase and multiply. But the only way that we can do that is through healthy relationships with one another. And so the thing is, is that God has given us the tools, and we have to use them. And most of those tools are found in relationships with other people because other people have things that we need and we have things that others need to be fruitful and multiplying here and thriving here on this earth. And so when it comes to healthy relationships, you need a guidebook for healthy communication. And we are hoping today to be able to help you out with a, a different area that everybody thinks is always negative, but we want to help turn it to the positive. Because we understand that there is conflict in things, right? We understand that there is conflict in relationships because we're people and we're human. But we want to help you understand through this message today is helping you with healthy conflict. Is there a such thing? Yes, there is. There is a, a such thing. And so the problem is not really the problem that we come up with. The problem in our relationships is not, all, it's not the problem at all. The problem is that we, have, we don't know how to have, have a healthy dialogue with people. And a healthy um, thing, and our, our dialogue is always the problem. So, And after 21 years, we're still working on it. Yes. Yes. We did this morning, too. <laughs> about our clothes yes no. this is where we will have our first verse in proverbs thirteen seventeen. reliable communication permits progress possibly in some of our, our relationships they're not always healthy simply because we do not know how to communicate with one another in a healthy way everyone desires reliable communication within relationships but it doesn't always happen there we get frustrated and we want to give up we move out into our home. We actually, <laughs> I want to go into a little story right before I start this. When we moved to Florida, we had a house in this very rural area. We had Sprint in Ohio, which really worked there. When we moved to Florida, it didn't quite work. We actually lived the, can you hear me now, commercial, literally. So we had to change to AT&T because why? It was reliable. And in order to, for, if this doesn't happen, we don't have communication that, it filtrates into our job, our parenting, our communication with others, simply because there's not good communication. Yeah, and this is not an ad for any type of mobile service because it would be a different type of service then, and then I don't want to do that. So. And now we have T-Mobile, and it's just as bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay, we're going to go that way today. So it's, it's inevitable that, you know, that we're going to have conflict in our, in our relationships. How many of us have lost sleep over relationships? By a show of hands. Yeah. Yep. And those that didn't were the teenagers here. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> it will get there. But it's when we communicate in a healthy way, that's the way it brings progress in relationship. Every relationship is going to have problems. Mm -hmm. 
Every one of them. Because, remember, humans are in the relationship. And we are not perfect. But it's, a lear- it's learning how to communicate about those, those things that make the relationship toxic. So how do, we, how do we do that? For most of us, we are a product of our environment. Okay? So we didn't see a healthy communication style growing up. Some of us did not. You know, I can remember, and I can remember going home from church and always faking that I was sleeping. And my dad probably doesn't know this, but um, he does now. Um, I would always fake in the back of the seat, how, like, as I was sleeping on the way home from church. But I would hear mom and dad argue about what was going on with leadership at our church and the, the frustration and the things like that. And I never saw healthy relationships going on in that way. And so that's one of those things I'm talking about, the environment that we grow up in, kind of helps us or kind of this helps us, if that's even a term, of, of how we communicate. So today is going to be super practical. Emily and I, are we have a lot of experience communicating with one another, um, sometimes better than others. Um, I would say probably at the beginning of our marriage, it was a lot more difficult um, trying to figure one another out. But um, we are going to have a talk about having healthy communication and how it is a key part of that. And so this is a verse found in Psalms 133, 1-2. It says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. For unity is, a precious, is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. And you guys are like, what in the world does that have to do with relationships? I even see David down here like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do with this? Well, when, the str- when there is strife in a relationship, unity is not there. Would you agree? Okay. When walking in God's blessing, though, and unity in relationships, things are good, aren't they? When you, when, when you see the unity and you see a united front, that's kind of why we called it Unite Night of Worship. Because we want to be in unity with our community to make a difference here in St. George. But Aaron was the priest. He was the first priest in the Old Testament that we see. And, and, and here's the thing is that they poured oil. Anytime you see oil in the Old Testament, even now, we talk about it representing the Holy Spirit. And, and see, here's the thing is that was the unity, the oil being poured all over Aaron and his beard, and it was going onto his clothes. The unity between that, God running on all of the extremities of Aaron's life at that moment in time through that anointing that was going on. And that's what he wants to do in our relationships. He wants us to have healthy relationships because he wants us to see God, his favor on our lives through healthy relationships. Unity doesn't mean, though, we agree on everything. I mean, it doesn't. Unity means value over being right. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again, because I, I know that there's some teenagers in here um, who know everything because I was a teenager, and I knew everything when I was a teenager. For some reason, now I don't know hardly anything, and it seems like that I, I need you to hear this. Unity doesn't mean we agree on everything. What it means is we value the relationship 
over being right. Okay? Amos said this in 3.3, Amos 3.3, can two walk together except they be in unity? Today we want to discuss how to have healthy relation, have healthy communication and conflict, which will bring us to that place of unity. Right. The first thing we must do is start with your heart. The number one cause of death in the U.S. is heart disease. This is also true for relationships. Number one cause of death of a relationship is because of our heart. It is diseased. Just as a physically bad heart can destroy your body, so an emotionally and spiritually unhealthy heart can also destroy you and relationships around you. We live, we parent, we lead, we react, we love from the heart. It really is really important to understand that our heart impacts every area of our life and how we communicate. It intersects through our heart with everything that we do in life. Which brings me to Proverbs 4, 23. Guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. This verse elevates how important our heart is, right? It, it, it talks about how important guarding our heart is. You see, this means to stand and, and, and let something in um, and not let something in. It, it paints a picture of kind of like a soldier guarding something and not allowing it to go any further. So whatever has your heart, know this, it will keep us from letting other things in. Whatever grabs a hold of your heart will be what keeps from le letting something in. If you are hurt and offended in your relationships, that hurt and offense is going to keep it, keep your heart from allowing things to come in. So if you allow God to control and guard your heart, it will keep uh, offense and hurt from containing your heart. But that's only if you allow God to control your heart. This is the key to healthy relationships is God must be the guard of our heart. It's like putting rain decks on a windshield. Have you, have you ever done that? You know, you put rain decks on the windshield and the rain comes and it's like not even there. Right. So it just it just runs off. So that's that's what God God's love needs to do. It, it doesn't need to run off. It needs to guard our hearts. So everything else around us will rub off. It will just go down and, and it will flow off of us. So the stuff I went through as a young person, it impacted me differently than it did Emily. You know, Emily and I kind of did not grow up the same. But we came across same issues. And the way that I handled them was a little bit different than the way she handled them. And the reason why is because of the way that we grew up. Like I was told at an early age that I was adopted. So I, I actually held offense towards everybody because of that. Not knowing why my mother and father had getting, gotten rid of me or anything to that nature. I've grown into understanding and accepting that now. But the thing is, is when I was growing up, I allowed that to control my heart. And so when people would celebrate a surprise birthday party, I would run upstairs and lock myself in the room. Because that's how I was, I was, I was just showing offense. Always. That's what controlled my heart back then. And so that's just an example of how our, our environment controls what goes on inside of our heart. And Emily grew up in difficulties as well. 
But she handled them a little bit differently because she's Emily. It wasn't the difference of the experience. It's how I handled it. I chose to give it to God. I chose to allow him to protect my heart. Brian chose to hold on to it, let bitterness take root into his heart, which allowed for bitterness to grow. I didn't know you were going to say that. (laughs) And take root, which then made his heart contaminated. We can't always change our circumstances, but we can allow how we react to them. We need to trust God. We need to allow God to protect and purify our hearts, which leads me to Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart with a new right desires, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart. So I love what you, I love what you said. Listen, we all are going to go through things in our life, mm-hmm. all of us, good or bad. We all are going to. And you can't choose the things that happen to you. But you can choose the environment that you're in to help control that. And you can choose how to respond healthily, healthy to those things that are going on in your life. So it's all about giving God the guardship of our heart. And the thing is, is when we do that, that's what makes... Um, That's what makes a stony heart like mine was um, to be a new softened heart that God has molded and changed to be the way that he has wanted it towards people. Because back then I wasn't. Back then I was like this. I would keep you at five to ten feet away from me. You know, we have personal space. I had personal, personal, personal space. That's how it was for me. You know, um, and so, Emily, you know, there is probably people here, though, that have had problems with um, guarding their heart. And so, would you take a moment and actually just pray for them right now? Absolutely. Everybody go ahead and bow your head. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to the name of Jesus. We want to thank you. God, I ask for, I thank everyone in this room. Father, you know their hearts. You know, you know the hurts that they've had. You know the struggles that they've gone through. Lord, I pray as they open their hearts up to you, you begin to tear down the walls that you feel they feel your presence, Father, that your love covers a multitude of hurts. God, and I pray that they trust you to protect their heart. I pray in Jesus' name that you heal their heart. Lord, let it be refreshed, made new, and whole again starting today. We thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So how can you tell if you have your heart has disease or full of hurt. And I can tell you your words. So if you're taking notes, I would write that down. My words will determine if my heart has disease or full of hurt. You see, Matthew 15, 18 says, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. You know, if we don't allow God to heal us in our broken areas of our heart, then it will show itself in how we speak to others. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 18:21 says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Mm-hmm. See, there was a story of a boy who had a bad temper and his father decided one day to give him a bag of nails and a hammer. And he said, "Okay, every time that you have a bad temper episode, I want you to go hammer a nail." into our fence outside. 
And so day after day, the, guy, the kid would go and he would hammer nails less and less as, as he did not want to continue to go and nail the nails into the fence. And he said, Dad, I'm, I'm nailing less, and today I didn't do anything at all. And so all of a sudden his dad said, okay, well, for each nail that you put in there, I want you to go pull it out, you know, when you are able to hold your anger. And so he went and he pulled out all those nails. And now dad took him back and he said, dad, I'm done. And he goes, well, I want you to see something. I want you to look at that fence. And his dad was, his dad was just standing there waiting for him to maybe some, a light click in, click on or something like that. And he said, son, do you understand the fence will never be the same? The fence will always have those holes. So the words and the anger that you had with people will always be there. So you need to know how powerful words are in your life. So the little boy then understand how powerful his words were because he understood all those holes were all those people that he impacted in a negative way because of his anger and his temper because of his hurt heart. And so what today, we just want to make sure that we try and help you if you have a hurt heart. Because we know, we know that all of us, all of us, all of us, all of us, blast people. We make fun of people, and it's all out of fun jokes and all those types of things. But that is just as harmful as anything else. I had a talk with my son today and, and on the way to church this morning. And he said something to me that made me think about the message that I was doing. And I'm not going to share what we talked about. But what I'm going to say is how what I was saying impacted him a different way than what the way that it was coming out or the way that I thought it was being said to him. So we need to realize that even in jokingness, even in, in, in our, our good times, that normally is there so that we can feel good about ourselves when we make fun of others. So my encouragement is not to go around and, you know, say things in a joking way. We say, I'm just joking, and people sometimes will understand that, but most of the time, it really does hurt inside. It says in Scripture, the words kill and words give life even in a joking way. Yeah, that reminds me of when I was younger. It, obviously, I'm short, and um, I had, there was a bunch of kids, especially boys, so boys, watch out, your words are powerful, that would make fun of me for being short. Yes, it affected me, but I didn't realize how much it affected me but, until I got older, but just think if those words were of, out of anger or out of, hatred, tearing somebody down, what that does to them. I mean, that was just making fun of me about being short, and it affected me in a small way. So if our words have power to kill, then also they have power to give life. Examine your life for a minute here. What are you speaking to those around you? Is it fruitful? Is it bringing life? Through Though this is some tough times, I know Brian talks me up quite a bit. I don't know why. However, I don't know if some of you know that I grew up in what they call the ghetto, in the, like the suburb of Cincinnati. 
Ohio. And so I have a little bit of ghetto in me. No. So. <laughs> no, you don't. So to be honest, when that's unleashed, my words can be very dangerous. Ask my kids. <laughs> so it's still a challenge for me today because sometimes my head gets bobbing and my mouth gets running and it just doesn't stop. But I can tell you <laughs> it's important to understand that what our words are saying and to make sure that they're speaking as of, out of healthy relationships with others. Like this scripture in James 3, 9, 10. Sometimes our tongue praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have made, been in, made it in the image of God. So, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. So it's not about always what you say, though. It's about how you say it. Um, as I was telling you this morning, Ian and I had a conversation on the way to church, and I thought I was being the dad, and I was just communicating in a way that he would understand and be able to take it and run with that. And then his comment back to me totally showed me that that wasn't it. He totally took it a total different way. So the, it's not only just the words you say, but it's how you say it to people. We may say things like, I'm just kidding. But the truth is, you know, the words are extremely powerful. And the truth is, is that even if we're just kidding, it can still be like a knife cutting someone. So the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth into existence. And his words, just like you and I, can fashion or shape our world by the words we speak as well as what we do in the way we communicate. So God said, I'm speaking the word world into existence. Let there be light. He said, let there be animals. Let there be sea. Let there be dark. Let there be stars. God spoke all that into existence. But if you see, God has also said that you and I don't have the same power as God. But because Jesus lives in us, we can operate the same way. So our words can be just not at just as powerful, but powerful enough to destroy someone. Think about all the things that you hear of the suicides that go on in the United States of America. A lot of it is by being bullied. And bulliness like that. That is because people, because kids, want to make themselves look good. But they don't think that they've played a role in the death of a teenager where all along they have. And you want to talk about words can kill? You might not do the physical action of the killing, but your words do kill. So the first thing we need to do is let God be the guard of our heart and let him change our heart and pain so that we can start to speak life into others. That brings us to our first point, active listening. In order to have healthy relationships, you have to be a good listener. It's the important part of communication, but it's also the hardest thing to do. After 21 years, we're still learning this, still actively working on this as well. If you are not listening to one another and saying, then you never are going to understand their heart and conflict will rise every time. The Bible is a great guide for communication. And James 1, 19 and 20 says, You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. 
Human anger does not produce righteousness of God's desires. It's, it's important for us. Leave that verse up there for a minute, please. We need to understand this verse if we struggle with anger. We need to understand that it, that it states that when we are slow to speak and quick to listen, then it flows with slow to anger. So this could be a game. Like, think about it. Like, if, if you in life could go and say, hey, instead of me speaking really quick, right? And, and, and instead of that, maybe I should try this other way. So make it a game. Make it a game in your life. Was I really slow to quit or slow to quit? Slow to, to, to speak and quick to listen? Or was I more of the quick to speak and slow to listen? Make it a game for you so that it would be beneficial, so that you guys can do that. So this could be a game changer, though, for us. If we are like this, if we do this, be slow to speak and quick to listen. I've heard, you know, matter of fact, Emily said about our dress. So I had my shirt out today, already out, not knowing what Emily was wearing, even though two months ago she bought this shirt that she is wearing today, for today specifically, and I totally forgot. So it was my fault. Which is funny because he's the one said, make sure you get what you're wearing on that day so we, uh, you already have it planned and you're not stressing out about it the week before. And so I had my shirt all planned out, and it was pink and purple, and it would not have matched. We would have clashed. It would have looked really funny. But yet I started to go into this thinking, okay, she always talks about how I always change the wardrobe when we have our pictures taken as a family, and I'm always the pain. So I'll just say, okay, what is it you want me to wear today? And so it was, it was me having to be slow to speak and quick to listen because I had to remember what we had talked about a while ago. So I heard someone once say, though, that God gave us two ears and one mouth. Two ears, one mouth. Meaning we should probably be listening as much as we are talking if not more. The value of our ears are probably better than the value of our mouth. Mm -hmm. I think it was Sir Francis Assisi that said, I can save the world just by the way that I act instead of by doing things, something to that nature. Instead of saying things, instead of sharing the gospel, I can do it through the way that I act. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I encourage you to do. You know, I don't know about you, but I've had so many times that I've walked away from conversations saying, man, I wish I would have, like, said this or said that or made this comment. I mean, it's, it's on, that's normally the way my brain thinks. I walk away through conver from conversations and I say, man, I wish I would have said that. Or, man, I should have said that. That would have been really good. And then it's interesting because every time I feel that way, I have that text or phone call later that says, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for talking. And God reminds me in those moments, your words and the things that you think you should have said are better left unsaid. And your ears are there for you to listen because people want you to listen to them. Church, sometimes people just need you to be there 
to listen, right? Sometimes when your friend is in need, they don't need you to tell them that God said this. What they need you to do is just listen to them. Mm -hmm. They just want you to listen. So we need to be a good listener. And parents, as hard as this is because we are in our... You know, we in our instruction mode to make sure that our kids live the right way and things of that nature. But most of the time, our kids also want us just to listen, just to hear them, because others don't. They, they come home from school or they don't even go to school, and they are just there, and they want to be heard. And so we are the ones that can just listen to them. I want to add to that. Men, sometimes us women just want you to listen. We don't need you to fix it. We just want you to listen. So that brings me to the next point. <laughs> we just need to take responsibility. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Why do you notice the little piece of dust in your friend's eye, but you do not notice the big piece of wood in your own? How can you say to your friend, let me take the little piece of dust out of your own eye, you hypocrite, First, take the wood out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the dust out of your friend's eye. What this scripture is saying is to look at yourself and ask, what can I do different? Remember the biblical principle in Galatians 6, 7 that says, you sow, you will reap. If you sow kindness, you will reap kindness. If you sow discord, you will reap discord. If you sow forgiveness, you will reap forgiveness. If you do not like what you see in your relationships, examine what you're sowing into them because the change could be you. Funny story. Our, um, our dog, Dory, she was a pup. We got her as a puppy. And we, ha we have a dog, Mimi, and she was. Well, wait a minute. We got her as a puppy because you wanted a baby. Yeah, well, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a chihuahua. Her name's Mimi. And she was a a crisis dog, you know, one of those companion dogs for our daughter. And she was the only one we had, so she was a very bit spoiled. So when we got Dory, Mimi was already five years old, so she was kind of set in her ways, an old woman. She did not want to be messing with this puppy. So years go by. Now another five years go by. Now we have this grand pup named Nala. She's a German shepherd. She's a cute little fluff ball, but she was coming over to the house when, we, when our daughter first and her husband first got her, and Dory would not have anything to do with her. So she was also reaping what she had sown into Mimi years prior. Yeah. So when we hear about healthy relationships, we think of how others have wronged us. We don't a lot of the times look at how we may have harmed others, you know, so when we hear this message, you know, sometimes we hear the message and we say, man, I wish so-and-so would have heard that because they hurt me so bad. But we don't ever look and take an evaluation of what the mirror says back at us. So today, we, we just want to be the change. We want you to see in others. We want you to see that it's not always about you. That it's about what God wants to do through you so that you can be an example for someone else. But don't always play the victim. Now, there are some people here that have had really bad relationships. And I get that and I understand that. And I do not discredit any type of abuse 
abusive relationship, okay? But here's the thing. If you are in an abusive relationship, get help, okay? If you are not in an abusive relationship, make sure you look at the relationships two-sided. If you want to go really deep, go three-sided. Because Jesus is in the middle of both of those relationships and see what the true side is. It's funny how you listen to people's stories and you always have two different two different stories when you ask people about what's going on, right? So my my thing is is let's make sure that we take responsibility for our relationships, for our stuff. So it says in Proverbs 13:10 because this is why pride leads to argument, be humble, take advice and become wise. We should attack the problem, not the person. We have looked beyond the person. We need to look beyond the person and realize there is an underlining cause for their response or even our own response. There's an underlining cause. So the review from last week, let's, let's step back a little bit. The devil knows the way that he can accomplish us being miserable here on this earth is attacking our relationships. Because he doesn't want healthy, interactive relationships. What he wants is us to have those give and take relationships. Because those will always end up in in friction. But if it's a healthy relationship, then he's going to be like, what in the world? And he's going to have to go and tack somewhere else. See, we need to remember so that we do not tack the person that we are in a conflict with. But realize that it's a spiritual matter. Because Ephesians 6.12 says, we, we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood. But, but against people without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world. Yeah, Brian and I had to find some practical ways to attack the problem and not the person. Um, we use words like I instead of you. Or I feel instead of you made me feel. But when you say that, it puts the other person on the defensive. So when you take responsibility, it changes the whole situation. Seek understanding and ask clarifying questions before trying to be understood. Make sure you are not judging their heart before you hear their heart first. Pick the right time. It's not only what you say, but how you say it and when you say it. I had to teach my kids this. Don't get your dad as soon as he walks in the door about something. Just wait. I had, I finally after, it was, took me about 10 years to know when to really get what I wanted from him or if I wanted a good, the answer that I wanted to hear. There's just certain times you talk to a person, don't get them right when they come in or right when they wake up. I mean, heaven forbid somebody just wakes up. You might get whatever you want when you do that. I don't know. But also speak the truth in love. Ask yourself, will it benefit you? Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk Come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs that may, it may benefit those who listen. I want to clarify that. What? That also? We, we want to ask yourself, will it, will it oh, benefit benefits. them more than it will benefit you? Okay? There's clarifying questions. See, yes. I wasn't, clear, I wasn't will clear. It, will it benefit them more than you? Okay? That's true. There are also times in our relationship because we are two different people that we choose to agree instead of disagree. But the goal for us is to walk in hand in hand, even when we don't see eye to eye. 
because there are many times that I don't agree, but I will, some things are just not worth arguing over. I mean, you don't agree with me all the time. Honey, walk in unity. <laughs> if you don't hear anything else today, this will help you enough, I, I hope. It's not always what you say, but how you say it and when you mm -hmm. say it. Okay? Develop a peace plan. That would be another point. Develop a peace plan. R Romans 12, 18 through 19 says this. Do your best to live in peace with everyone. Do not try to punish others when they wrong you, but wait for God. Realize that when we've been wronged, okay, the pain that makes us selfish is not pain to focus on at all. We need to allow God to take that pain out of us. This is often what helps me look at people differently. We need to be looking at them to see how they've been hurt previously to the conversation that I've had with them. Hurting people hurt people. You've heard that saying. Hurting people hurt people. Pain makes us selfish and hurtful to others because all, all we care about is getting relief from our pain. But that's not the way to go. And you may not know what they're going through. Like some people, like myself, I had all three of my kids. I did not have pain medicine. But boy, if I get a toe cramp, I don't care who's in the room. I don't care what I'm saying. I just want freed from the pain because it hurts. So you might hear me say things that it's not pleasant. So we don't, we don't always know what people's stories are. We don't know what they're going through. But the people who needs God's love the most and the grace are probably the ones that don't deserve it. Um, are the ones that deserve it the least. Um, don't let your pain or someone else's pain keep you from loving people. Jesus was on the cross in the midst of his pain, but still he focused on us. The best reflection of Jesus we can be is when we are focused on others. Be a source of healing to those around you. We need to let relationships be our highest priority. Our relationship with God, our relationship with our spouse if we're married, and our relationship with others. Because that is what God called us to, relationships. And so you're not always going to have a resolution, but let's focus on the reconciliation. Let's make it right. You're not always going to see eye to eye in the relationship. You're going to have to accept the fact that you will not resolve everything, every problem, or every conflict. But know that relationships are the most important thing that God has given you. Okay, we need to be, we need to let love be the highest value. See, Proverbs 17, 9 says this, love prosper when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. We've all made mistakes, things we have done, things that we wish we wouldn't have done, but we are forever going to be in the mindset of a, uh, uh, the midst of a conflict. Know that we will have conflicts in our life. Know that there's conflict all around us, but the way that we handle it can be away from a healthy heart, can be away from the way that God has asked us to, through love. Love prospers when fault is forgiven. Jesus came to forgive our faults, so forgive the faults of others. Just like dwelling on a fault done to us separates relationships with others, dwelling on our faults will separate us from God. Let us, let his love accept the grace of God. Let our love 
and his love prosper and accept the grace of God for your own life. Let me go ahead and close us in prayer with all eyes closed and head bowed, please. Father God, just use this message to penetrate our hearts. And if there's areas in our in our hearts that need to be purified through bad relationships or hurts or roots of bitterness, I'm just asking in Jesus' name that those to be removed um, as we walk out of here, that we get purified hearts and we allow you to be the guard of that, Father God. We just know that you're the only one that can do the heart surgery that we need to have taken place. I also want to lift up um, all the women, those who have been loved, encouraged, who have prayed, corrected, or guided, those who have served others. Father God, just those are, women are called to be, to be mothers and to mother. It is women, you know, this happens no matter what season or how old we are. Father God, we are, this call transcends biology, even expectation. Today you are loved and celebrated. This is for all women. Know that your Father loves you. Father God, may you lead, guide, and direct us all, each one of us, as we celebrate these special ladies in our life. In Jesus' name. Let's keep the attitude of prayer. And just, uh, I'd like to pray because there are people here today that may have battled with relationships and and battled with that in their lives. And one of the most important relationships they may have not taken is to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to give an opportunity for you, if that is you today, to just come to him. Whatever you've done, whatever, whatever has gone on in your life, know that his love is greater. And his love has covered that. All our faults, everything. So if that is you and you need to accept Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time, I'm going to ask that, that you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. But do me a favor. Do me a favor. Let's all stand because I, I, I want to do this. I want to make sure that um, we're in this attitude still of prayer. And that is you, really quick, I just ask that you raise your hand if you need to know Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time. If that's you, just slip your hand up right now so that we can know who we're praying with. Thank you. Let's pray. Pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for just the, the opportunity to be here. God, today, is the day of the most important relationship that I am making. And that is with Jesus Christ, now my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I thank you for what you did up on that cross. I thank you for what you're going to do by sending the Holy Spirit so that I can walk in freedom and continue to walk out my life here on this earth. And I thank you for what you did up on that cross so I wouldn't have to. Holy Spirit, guide and direct me. I give this prayer to you. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.